0: The world we know is changing. I'm Moira Gunn, and welcome to Biotech Nation. The initial hope for immuno-oncology drugs was somewhat dimmed when they proved to be effective for only 15% of cancer patients. Today, we'll talk about one company's expansive approach to improve on that response rate. Dr. Rob Ross is the CEO of Surface Oncology. He'll explain their approach as well as what it's like for a participant in their phase two trials for lung cancer and liver cancer currently in recruitment. And now, Dr. Ross. Well,
1: Rob, welcome to the program. Thanks so much. It's a pleasure to be here.
0: Now, today I want to focus on next generation immuno-oncology treatments, But I'd like to start first with what our bodies naturally do, then what the first generation of these immuno-oncology treatments are doing, and then about this next generation that that, uh, service oncology is working on. So to begin, our bodies make potentially cancerous cells all the time, and our immune systems see them and remove them, or rather they're supposed to, right?
1: That, that's exactly right. Most people don't realize that their immune system not only fights bacteria and virus, but it also looks around and identifies damaged cells or potentially cancerous cells, attacks them and gets rid of them. And it does that all the time.
0: Now, how does that relate to cancer?
1: Well, so it's, it's, it's really fascinating. Um, sometimes, for some reason, the immune system sees a cancerous cell, but doesn't remove it or potentially just doesn't see it. And as that happens, that cancerous cell can grow and divide and become a bigger cancer and even spread as a cancer. And if that's invisible to the immune system, then the immune system can't destroy it. um, And then that cancer can cause us problems.
0: Now, a few years back, a few years before the uh, COVID pandemic, remember them? I remember, I remember those times. Uh, th- there was real excitement about the new immuno-oncology treatments. How did those treatments work?
1: Yeah. So remember, traditionally in, in oncology, in cancer, we use poisons to treat cancer. So we give molecules that are poisonous, and the idea is that those molecules will kill cancer cells better than they kill normal cells. Of course, many of those poisons have a lot of side effects. The hope behind immuno-oncology was that if we can get the immune system to identify those cancer cells that it had been missing, that the immune system itself can kill those cancer cells, and the side effects will be much less because we're not giving poisons. People have been working on this for decades and decades, um, but eventually, with the rise of what are called anti-PD-1 drugs, and anti-CTLA-4 drugs. These are both targets that we can successfully use to allow the immune system to identify and fight cancers without using poisons, without using chemotherapy. Now,
0: there's a couple of things in here that I I think are important. You're not equipping the immune system to do anything more than it normally does, like we do with a COVID vaccine, right? Right.
1: Right, so that I think that's a really good point. So, we're not supercharging the immune system, we're not giving it any special powers that it doesn't already have. We're just showing the immune system where there is a cancer cell that the immune system may not have noticed because that cancer cell had built up a lot of what we could call invisibility, had protected itself from the immune system so the immune system couldn't see it. And by by targeting that invisibility, by targeting that uh, uh, those um, pathways the cell was using to avoid detection, we can make the immune system detect the cancer again.
0: Now, you said the word target. What do you mean by that?
1: Yeah. So, so cells use, cancer cells and normal cells, use a variety of different pathways to communicate with one another. Um, we can try to interfere with those pathways. And we call that targeting those pathways as a way of getting the immune system to identify and fight the cancer. So the cancer cells have these pathways that they have turned on to avoid detection by the immune system. And by targeting these pathways, we can basically shine a light on the cancer so the immune system can see it again.
0: So with all the excitement, about the immunoecology treatments in that first generation of drugs, which came and were wonderful, they still only worked on 15% of the patients. Why didn't they work on the other 85%? Yeah,
1: so, so it's, a, it's a really important question. And the answer is that the, the, the pathways that the cancer cells use to avoid the immune system are complicated and often they use more than one. So if you can interfere with one, but they still have another pathway that they have turned on to avoid the immune system, you still haven't fully shown a light on that cancer um, for the immune system to detect.
0: So now surface oncology is working on next generation immuno-oncology. What are you doing?
1: Yeah, so surface oncology was founded on the idea that there are all these other pathways that the, immune, that the cancer cells use to avoid the immune system. And that by going after these other pathways, we can broaden the effect of immuno-oncology to help more patients. And so as a company, we've been around since 2014, we've gone after six additional pathways to try to improve that 15% number, such that it's not 15% of patients who can benefit from immuno-oncology, but 20, 30, 40, or even higher as we can target these additional these additional pathways.
0: So now I see six development programs here, each with unprecedented targets um, in terms of what we already know about immuno-oncology drugs. And of the six, one has been out-licensed to GlaxoSmithKline, GSK, another to Novartis. But let's focus on your compound number 388. And I want to do that because they're both actively recruiting in phase two trials. One is in non-small cell lung cancer. The other is in liver cancer. So let's start with the non-small cell lung cancer. What is Uh, number 388 doing there?
1: Yeah, so we call it SRF388. SRF stands for surface, but I think it's a lot simpler just to call it 388. So we've been working on 388 here at surface for six years now, Um, and we're the only people in the clinic with a molecule like this. Um, This molecule um, uh, uh, interferes with a pathway called the IL-27 pathway. This is a protein that can prevent Um, tumor cells from being identified by the immune system. And so 388 binds that protein to allow the immune system to identify the cancer. And in particular, we've seen that in lung cancer and in liver cancer, you see high levels of IL-27. So that's why we're going after those two tumor types with 388. Uh, So we were starting with a discussion around lung cancer Um, with 388, We've seen evidence in people, in patients with lung cancer who have been treated with 388, have seen their cancers get smaller, and in some cases have seen what we call a confirmed partial response, which is where the cancer gets smaller and stays smaller for a while. So that was really exciting, and it got us to open up more trials in lung cancer. So right now, we're looking at 388 by itself in lung cancer. And we're also looking at 388 in combination with one of those earlier immuno-oncology drugs we just talked about, a drug called Keytruda, also in lung cancer.
0: Now, if you have not tried Keytruda before, are you the ones who are trying 388 without?
1: Most, most patients with lung cancer will get Keytruda or a drug like Keytruda as their first treatment. So these trials are open for patients after their first treatment. So for their second or third p- treatment. So all of these patients will have already been treated by with either Keytruda or a drug like Keytruda. But we're allowing them in one of the arms to continue on the Keytruda and adding the 388. And then of course we have another arm where we're just treating patients with 388 alone. And that arm is the one that I told you has already enrolled some patients and we've seen um, evidence of really nice activity in both arms. If you've already been treated with Keytruda, you're still eligible, so you can get on the 388 alone arm or the 388 plus Keytruda arm.
0: Now, if I was uh, a subject in either arm of this particular trial for for lung lung cancer, uh, what would it be like for me? How long would it go? What what's the experience?
1: Yeah. So so you would be um, you would be enrolled, okay, at a doctor's office, and you could find the doctor who had the clinical trial based on going to our website and seeing where the clinical trial is open. If you go to clinical trials from our website, surfpsychology.com, you can see where the clinical trials are open if you go down to the clinical trials section of the website. Um, so you would call the doctor's office and see if they were open and enrolling patients. And if they were, you would travel to the doctor's office, you'd learn about the drug and you'd learn about the clinical trial. Um, if you were getting, if you were eligible and decided to participate in the clinical trial, um, if you were on the 388 alone arm, you would come in once every four weeks for treatment with SRF388. It's given through an IV, it's given intravenously. Um, if you're on the 388 plus Truda arm, you would come in every three weeks and receive two drugs, both the 388 and the Truda, every three weeks. And you'd be on it for as long as you were benefiting. As long as you're benefiting from the drug, you stay on the, stay on the trial.
0: And how many more people are you looking for in that arm?
1: So in total, between those two arms, we will be treating upwards of 80 patients. So it's about 40 in each arm. Now, on the 388 alone arm, we've already treated um, upwards of about 10 or so. So it's another 30 on that arm and then another 40 in the Keytruda plus 388
0: arm. And there are a number of places around the United States
1: you are doing this. You can yep. see that
0: out on the site.
1: That's That's exactly right. That's exactly right.
0: Now let's get to the liver cancer uh trial
1: same drug yeah yep same drug um in a little bit different setting here because of course it's liver cancer not lung cancer and now instead of giving it by itself or with one other drug we're giving it with two other drugs um interestingly this is for patients with liver cancer who've never been treated um with um uh, with drugs, uh, which what we call systemic therapy before. This is for patients who've really never been treated for liver cancer before. Um, and they would come in and now get all three drugs, 388 plus a drug called Avastin and a drug called Tencentric.
0: Now Avastin and the other cancer drug, uh, that's the standard of care for liver cancer.
1: That's exactly right. And, that's exactly right.
0: Keytruda is one of the standards of care for uh, the lung cancer. So that's the difference. That, yeah,
1: that's exactly right. And um, in liver cancer, you would basically be receiving the standard of care, which, just as you said, is a vast and plus ten centric. Plus, we're adding three eight eight with the hopes that we can improve the standard of care with the addition of three eight eight.
0: So, while there's no placebo per se, do some of your group receive your drug three eight eight, and some of the group, the two cancer drugs plus or plus nothing. That's the right. Placebo is nothing.
1: That's right. In the in the liver cancer trial, the first 30 patients on the trial, they all receive all three drugs. So every single one of those 30 patients will get all three drugs. If those data look good, if patients seem to be benefiting, we would then change the trial such that half the patients receive the standard of care of Astin plus 10 centric. And the other half receive the standard of care plus 388. So there is that option in the trial, but it doesn't happen until after the, the first 30 patients are enrolled and treated.
0: What this speaks to me of is, is really the, the essence of science. You, you have to do a few things and then take a look at it and then take a look. They're, okay, how do we adjust the next one? How do we adjust the next one? There's no way to project how many of these in succession. You have to do.
1: That's right. It's, it's, it's very iterative, and you have to follow your best data. And in these clinical trials, we're getting our best data from the patients with cancer who um, uh, incredibly selflessly volunteer to participate, right? And we use their data to figure out who the best patients are to benefit from these drugs and how best to use them. And so we are very thankful for every single patient who enrolls in these or any clinical trials.
0: Now, in the case of the lung cancer, they could be on it for as long as it's benefiting them. That's right. Is that also true in liver cancer?
1: That's exactly right. They're on it for as long as it's benefiting them. That's right. We have patients We have patients right now who've been on for a year or longer.
0: Now, do the people who want to join the liver cancer trial, do they find out about it the same way that we just talked about in terms of the lung cancer?
1: That's exactly right. You go to our website, surfaceoncology.com, go to the clinical trials dropdown, and you'll see a section for the liver cancer trial and a section for the lung cancer trial, and you just click on those links.
0: Well, Dr. Ross, thank you so much, and I hope you'll come back and see us again.
1: I, I would love it. This has been great. Thank you so much for your time.
0: My guest today is Dr. Rob Ross, the CEO of Surface Oncology. More information about participating in the Phase two lung cancer or liver cancer trials wherever you live in the U.S. is available at surfaceoncology.com. Listen to more biotech podcasts at biotechnation.com or subscribe on your favorite podcast provider. Biotech Nation is a regular feature of the weekly public radio program, Tech Nation. Listen to the full show via podcast or on your local public radio station. For Biotech Nation, I'm Moira Gunn.